Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kirk Your Enthusiasm. Today, I am joined by Parker Fleming. He is a longtime uh, SB Nation colleague, recently uh, appointed to editor-in-chief of Grizzly Bear Blues. How are you today, Parker? Kirk, I'm doing really good, man. Honestly, it's still weird hearing um, that I'm at the helm of Grizzly Bear Blues since Joe Molinax ran it forever. Forever. But, you know... But you know we're we're doing good. Just I'm I'm out here like you, just trying to find different stuff to be excited about and talk about in the August of the off season. So I like to I like to complain because I took I took over March first, twenty twenty, and then fourteen days later the league shut down. And really, this is kind of the first actual break where you know the either the world wasn't ending. Or uh, there wasn't some sort of basketball stuff to talk about. And now, like, we're just we're, – we're recording. It's August 4th. I'm not sure when I'm going to post this one. Um, probably early next week. But it's just there, – there hasn't been anything going on. And I'm, I just posted a ridiculous story. Like, like I, I, there was something that happened last week where, like, there's, like, a picture of Luke on the Internet. And he looks like he has not been fed. Like, he kind of looks like a skinny bird, which – Luke is a bigger man. So it's it, and it's made it, it some the photo somehow made it all the way to the Slovenian media and they're talking about it. They asked the the uh, Slovenian national team strength and conditioning coach, which I was like I've made this perpetual feedback loop cuz now that guy's talking about how Luca's in great shape and it's like it's August. Like they're like who cares if he's in great shape now? If he goes out for 3 weeks, he might, you know, it's it's just it's so funny. But you're here and I have been a very like quietly envious uh, watcher of the Memphis Grizzlies. So the, the Grizzlies finished with their first division title in team history last year, finishing a whopping 56 and 26. Uh, they lost in the, it was the first finals. We lost semifinals. Yeah. They beat the, the really fun uh, Grizzly uh, um, Grizzlies Wolves series where they won four, two, and then lost to the Warriors, which the Mavericks also lost to the Warriors. So we take some solace in losing to the Warriors together. And then right. they entered, you know, they entered this offseason. And I feel like a lot of things have happened. One thing in particular is sticking out in my mind. But I wanted to kind of give you the floor to tell uh, our listeners about the, the Grizzlies offseason because the Mavericks and Grizzlies are basically in a deadlock right now for odds on division title this year. There's a, a lot of Mavs-Grizzlies rivalry potential. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think we'll see kind of another iteration of the Grizzlies-Mavericks rivalry. Maybe, hopefully, it hits another gear where there's maybe a playoff series next year, maybe a Western Conference Finals, who knows. But, I mean, it's it's kind of the same as the Mavericks. It's just kind of fine. Uh, everything's kind of at a standstill, I think. I think the Kevin Durant stuff is just really holding everything up, not just for teams that want Kevin Durant, but like, for example, like a big time uh, Grizzlies Twitter favorite draft target is OG Ananobi, but you can't go get OG Ananobi because they're trying to use OG Ananobi to go get Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. So you're you're just kind of stuck. And I think the thing that kind of caught everyone off guard is I kind of saw it coming with DeAnthony Melton and Kyle Anderson. I knew that they were probably going to move on from both of those guys. Uh, Melton's minutes dwindled in the playoffs and the Grizzlies, they kind of need to moneyball Kyle Anderson's spot a little bit with Brandon Clark being extension eligible, eligible this off season. So, but in the process, they made four draft picks. One of those draft picks is going to be on a two way deal. 
but it just kind of shocked everyone because it was kind of the same MO of the Grizzlies. They're like, oh, we're not going to draft these like high upside guys. We're going to draft just like solid, like really solid college players that just kind of fit in as, you know, role players, you know, Jake LaRavia, David Roddy. Gosh, LaRavia. LaRavia was like that guy. And, you know, the Mavericks couldn't really do it because they just have too many white guys. But (laughs) really, LaRavia's game, that dude is going to be one that we're, as Mavs fans, screaming about again. I think he he just, he's a fun, there's just a lot, like that's a guy in like three years, we're going to be like, of course they got Jake LaRavia. It's it's just, it's, it's a real thing. And it's funny because right now he's a little bit polarizing because he, after his first summer league game where he went four of seven from three, he just showed no inclination to shoot the basketball. <laughs> and I'm over here just like, hey, can we just get him next to NBA playmakers? Sure. Like your only point guards right now or point guards, uh, quote unquote, is a 20 year old wing who is trying to just he's just going to summer league to improve on his ball handling and Zaire Williams and a Kennedy Chandler, who's probably going to be the starting point guard for the hustle next season. Like, can we get him next to Ja? Get him next to Tyus? Get him next to Desmond Bain? I think LaRavia is going to be fine. But yeah, everyone's kind of you know they're having this that's whole lot of like that's so funny because it's just it that's that shows where you kind of are on the on the path to team building where mm-hmm. your expectations are now complaining about the solid twenty year old rookie who may or may not actually see minutes for the team that is a Western Conference Finals or Finals contender depending on your point that's of view. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So it's and you know everyone's talking about step backs and stuff and I I think the big thing in that is Jaron Jackson Jr. starting out the season um, on the injury reports. Granted, he's been kind of floating out there on social media like, "Hey, I may not miss any games." What was the injury like? What was the surgery for? I don't remember. I did no no research. It's again, it's he, August. <laughs> he had a stre- yeah, he had a stress fracture in his foot that was literally. <sighs> Like, literally, the Grizzlies made four announcements that day. It was Tyus Jones resigning, John Morant Supermax extension, Jaron Jackson Jr. injury, Kyle Anderson going to Minnesota. And mm. that's the only – and then aside from the John Contar extension, we've gotten nothing else. So, yeah, it was – and that's how, that's where I'm like, okay, if you want to worry about a step back, worry about it without Jaron Jackson Jr., don't don't say they're going to take a, a this catastrophic step back because they lost Kyle Anderson and Anthony Melton, who great role players. Yeah. But yeah. in all you actually, the hard part, you, the the hard part is is John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. Like that's yeah. the core. Everybody yeah. else is kind of a dude, and I'm going through your roster, and, and then they kind of got, and then they got that like lottery ticket with Desmond Bain, where it's like, oh wait, he ends up being a. I'm sorry. I know that's a soft spot. No, no, I love it. It's just, let's talk Mavericks. about it more. It hurts me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I just, I'm just thinking like, if you're worried because you don't know how long Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be out, that's totally fine. But at the end of the day, they kept their top seven guys. They mm-hmm. kept John Morant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson, Steven Adams, Brandon Clark, Tyus Jones. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking Zaire Williams takes a sizable step, then that's better than De'Anthony Melton was last season. So that's the top eight right there. It boils down to whether or not the Grizzlies coaching staff actually commits to an eight-man rotation in the playoffs because sure. that's kind of where it 
kind of becomes a little bit of a struggle. Well, the, the season's so long in that, you know, there's nothing good about an injury to one of your top three players. There just is nothing right. good to it. But if you're looking for silver linings, you get more experience for these guys. So say the Grizzlies don't win 56 games, say they win 52, and all of a sudden you have, you know, maybe like Zaire Williams continues to push through. Say like David Roddy somehow makes a makes a, a case for like 10 minutes every third game. Like it's the season, like that's where the, the, the Mavericks just ran out of gas because they did not have the bodies. And I read through this, this roster of all guys. I mean, all guys that, that could make an argument for minutes somewhere. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's the thing that, that if I'm a Grizzlies fan, where it's just like, if anything, you're having the, the exact opposite problem where you, you got to find minutes for people. Where if you say, who's the guy that you said is going to lead the G League hustle next year? Kennedy Chandler. So it's like, like that's just an embarrassment. Like at that point, it's like an embarrassment of riches. And, you know, like the, the Grizzlies strike me as the type of team to where if the right, right deal, if the right deal presents itself, you're going to go get the kind of like the, the other, the, what do you want to call it? Like the, the piece that pushes you over the goal line, you know, the, the, either the, the veteran that's uh, disgruntled or something like there's just a lot of optionality. Like I knew I was going to do this whenever we talk, like you're, this roster is disgusting and very good. And it makes me so mad. Like John Conchar, I, I play uh, Xbox video games with the guy named uh, Brian Schrader, who was telling, who was telling me about Conchar like five years ago. And I was just like, no, like, stop talking to me about this guy. And then, of course, he goes undrafted. And then he ends up with the Memphis Grizzlies. And then he now he's basically, you know, he's he's a full-fledged, like, he would be a rotation player on 25 teams in the league. Like, this dude is is something special. And and it just, it makes me so mad. I just, this is an embarrassment of riches. You can go tell all your, your Grizzlies friends that you had to listen to me whine about this because yeah you know uh, anyways so okay so so, good so we got we got the 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 injury and then we're just kind of playing wait and see so Mm. understanding that what kind of are your your base level expectations and let's assume nothing happens let's just assume that this is kind of the the way you go into to mid to late september in training camp yeah, uh, I mean, my expectations and, you know, something I, I'm I'm hoping and just knocking on wood for better health. I mean, the Grizzlies won 56 games last year with Dylan Brooks missing 50 games mm. and John Morant missing 25. Like, mm-hmm. and they didn't play together. I want to say the starting five of Morant, Bain, Brooks, Jackson, Adams had a net rating of 17 points per 100 possessions. But they only played eleven games, so, <laughs> so okay. It, like you, I, I want to say, uh, you know, Keith Parrish of Fast Break Breakfast said last season. I don't know if it was regular season and postseason, or ju- I think it was just postseason, where lineups with any of the seven between those those five, Brandon Clark or Tyus Jones, had a net rating of twenty five or twenty six points in the playoffs. Like that's insane. Yeah. Um. I mean, my my expectations. I mean. I mean, Zach Kleiman, GMs of the Grizzlies, has said it. He said growth's not linear, and if it's we not. just keep having, if we keep having these expectations, you know that like fifty-six wins turns to sixty, sixty turns to sixty-five. You're going to be disappointed almost every season. Okay. Uh, I mean, Lord, yes. I mean, we're you were a Grizzlies fan. I'm you've been a Grizzlies fan for a long time. Like when the Grizzlies were real, 
good and consistent like the Mavs in the 2000s. At a certain point, you look back on that, and even though they, they didn't win a championship, like some of the best memories come during the parts where it's just like you got to have a little bit of fun with this, folks. And like my, it's funny you said about expectations because my pinned tweet, even though I've been whining all summer, is mainly it's mainly a reminder for myself, but it's expectations are the thief of joy. And yep. people just let this get away from them. And it's like watching John Morant play basketball is a special experience it's that special. instead of instead of like ranking and rating and comparing it's like how about you watch the guy fly and watch, just enjoy watch it. the guy literally go for necks at the rim every single night and it's also just one of those things where i just expect some sort of developments you know i i don't want things to kind of look like they're stagnating you know i, I would hope the team kind of stays at above league average in offense and defensive efficiency. Uh, I want to I want to see Zaire take some sort of I'm not going to make some sort of points per game and I I want to just see him improve his three point volume and show more willingness being a point of attack defender and a live dribble creator since we don't really have one aside from Tyus Jones off the bench. And I mean, I would also say a, a, a reasonable expectation is Jaron Jackson Jr. going back to shooting 35 or 36% from three and 45, 46% from the field. Because last season, he almost got all-star consideration shooting 42% from the field and 31% from three as a seven-foot big man. His defense was that good. Like, I, I don't want to be too hot or come across as a homer or anything, but oh, you're he plays I enough, want that. It, if he plays enough games and gets his efficiency back up, not only is he an all-star next year, but I think he's an all-NBA guy. Okay. I like it. Yeah, like if he keeps that defensive efficiency up and literally just kind of just be in this free safety for the Grizzlies, which is what Steven Adams allows him to do, sure. then, you know. The fouling I, I think stuff is always peculiar. The fouling like- is – that was I remember getting into an argument with the Mavs radio commentator during Jackson's freshman year where he's just like he fouls mm-hmm. too much I'm like do you not see what this guy can do like the right. fouling is an like to me fouling is a byproduct of just experience paired with kind of scheme and if the Grizzlies don't mind it you know you, you pick up this sort of stuff because fouling can serve a purpose. I some of the some of his that I saw often it's like it's ruling out the the stupid ones. Like yeah the, the ones that are like the the on the floor fouls those drive me crazy for a big man but it's just he is a he is a special player. Like yeah. I I I remember like one guy on our staff just like ah well Porzingis I'm like no don't we're not we're not having this discussion like there there is jaron jackson jr and then there is everybody else like that is that is it for me because he was who i had wanted um i'd wanted because when it became clear the mavericks weren't going to get luca um at least you know from the from falling down i was like i want him or or um uh bridges out who's now out in phoenix like that bridges and you know it's just that jackson is just it's taken a while because he's so young like how old is he still? Is he still just 22, 21? He's 22. I think he's going to start the season at 23. See, and yeah, like that's just an experience over time thing and he's missed enough games. So if he comes back, I mean, I wonder how like with with this sort of injury, do you have like kind of a a a a hope for number of games played for him this year? I would put it at 
between 60 and 65. Okay. That's not bad if you're coming Which into is the fine. season. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I know one of our columnists over at the Daily Memphian, Chris Harrington, pointed out that it's like Mark Gasol had the same injury in his 30s and ended up having his best season of his career that next year. So, like, I, I think we just kind of got to pump the brakes a little bit on that. But, man, I got I to gotta ask you just how, how is it as a Mavs follower to go from covering Christoph Porzingis to covering Christian Wood? Because that so, has to be a little bit of a headache. I, it's interesting. I'm going to talk. Um, I'm talking to uh, this guy, this uh, Rockets locked on guy. Um, I think his name's Jackson. Yeah, I'm still. I'm, and and he's specifically coming to talk to me about the Christian Wood experience. I'm really looking forward to it because I think it's going to be funny because Wood has the Wood Wood needs this. He needs this. And doing Christian Wood things isn't going to fly. So I'm very curious in that regard to see how that Especially goes. Especially with J-Kid. Uh, with yeah. J-Kid, I don't think it's going to fly. But also, you got a, like a little small glimpse of how good he was with Harden. And you're like, Luka is on par with that Harden. So maybe it works out. Maybe maybe it doesn't. But uh, I'm, very in- I'm very interested to see it for our division. But I forgot to like kind of tie it into like team expectations for the Grizzlies. Just don't be a play-in team. Be a top six team in the Western Conference, and I'm pretty happy. I mean, obviously, if they're like last last day of the season and it's do or die for the sixth spot, then yeah, that's probably a little disappointing. But other than that, pretty chill with me with just being a top five team in the Western Conference. That makes sense. I mean, I'm struggling with this myself because the Mavericks outperformed expectations again and then lost their second best player. So it's yep. what's sort of reasonable. And when you have the Clippers and you have the Nuggets coming back into the fray, it, you know, kind of like a, a dual set of um, what are the Kool-Aid men running into the running into the lineup. Like things have a chance to get really interesting. The other thing, and I, I, I just, I'm going to reference this on every podcast. I don't care. I think the way the NBA clusters some of these games now, particularly divisional games can make a big difference to your record. Cause like, say you get to play like part of the reason why Boston went on a, like a killing spree in February last year is because they got to play Detroit three times. Like that's fun. Right. If you get to play these like tanking teams that that can really help down certain elements of the season. So I, I think top five is probably pretty reasonable for the Grizzlies. I also think, you know, uh, it, it depends on some of these little improvements. Um, I do have one more question for you. And then yeah. apparently my boss has called me twice. Um, <laughs> what sort of improvements are you looking for from, from Morant? Because, you know, it's like guy approaching all like, like based volume, he would have been an all NBA guy. If he would have played probably 10 more games, he would have been an all NBA guy. What sort of things are you hoping for from him? Yeah. I mean, I last year he just came out of note. I mean, I feel like we should have saw it coming when the, when Zach Kleiman at the media day was like, Hey, none of y'all asked, asked me about John Moran, but he's going to be an all-star this season. Like, I'm not like, that's not a prediction. Like he's going to be an all-star. And he ends up being second team All NBA. Frankly, I think if he played enough games, he probably would have. He probably would have slid in that fifth spot for MVP voting instead of Tatum. I, I think, think was, so. That I think well, so. Tatum had such a narrative angle at that point. With the, yeah. it's like that one's sort of tough, but it's like also like with MVP voting, 
it seems to be so homogenous by the end of the year. It's, I don't know, maybe we'll get away from that this year. It's but one it's, of those things that like people determine in December and then the, the rest of the season is used to kind of build other cases because like, oh wait, we built this case all the way up until December. And now the betting odds are like plus 200 for this guy to win in, in uh, MVP. But with Ja, I kind of just want to see him you know, make strides defensively. And I, he's never going to be this great on-ball defender. But can he jump into passing lanes enough to where, like, he's at least a threat? Like, I kind of look at a guy like Monte Ellis, where it's like... Sure. Monte Ellis wasn't a good defender. He had a crap ton of steals. Sure. He got averaged, like, two steals a game for most of his career. Like, could it, could he just do that? Just jump, just gamble, and go jump into passing lanes and play off the ball? Because Dylan Brooks is going to be guarding your primary ball handlers. Right. So take advantage of that. And also to the mid range jumper, uh, the three point shot, it's fine. He made enough strides in it last season where like anything else could be, you know, especially with really likes how the much floater, but I know what you mean. It's, it's just, it's a couple, it's just another weapon in the arsenal. Really. It's not like he needs to shoot volume, but if he's going to take a pull up, then he can't be under, you know, it's got to be a threatening shot. I can see that. Okay. I mean, yeah. at this point, we are like, this is what we do with Luca. It's like nitpicking around the edges. It's, so it's like, how can <laughs> I, how can I be upset about the 24, you know, or how can I figure out a way for the 24 year old, like top 15 player to improve? So, yeah. And also like, it's insane with like for, for us with John Luca, it's like, okay, these guys were both probably top 10 in the league last year. And they're not even at their primes yet, and we're figuring out ways for for them to improve. I mean, I, I see it all over with the mass. It's like, oh, can Luca just get skin, like be skinny going into the season? That's right, which, which is nice. I mean, I think the honestly the big cornerstone improvement I want to see this season is I want to see Desmond Bain shoot even more threes. I love that he was he was like in the I think he was ranked thirty seventh in three point attempts per game. I want him in the top ten, top five. Right, because he jumped three points in um, three point percentage per or three point attempts per game. He went from four a game to about seven a game in his from his rookie to sophomore season, and didn't drop off the slightest in three point percentage. He actually went up by a couple decimal points. So I'm like, go get closer to like not like eight or nine, like kind of like Luca's at like eight point eight. I feel like that would be wonderful. Because at that percent rate, that's another three pointer a game, which would in turn turn him into a twenty point per game score. So, right, right. That that's fine. Well, this has been great, man. Thank you for taking time out of your day to talk with me. I really appreciate it, uh, Maz Moneyball. It's a, it's my favorite non Grizzly Bear Blues SB Nation blog. Y'all do good stuff, so I appreciate you. Uh, on the the podcast to kind of chop it up in this little dead month here you ever need me i'm happy to talk so where you can find all of parker and his entire team stuff over at grizzlybearblues.com really very good named website hey and they also have one of the cooler sb nation logos we have the stupid cowboy hat that i hate <laughs> uh you guys also have a podcast on the uh it's the grizzly bear blues feeds where if you're interested to mm-hmm. see what they talk about um if you want to hear from things over there um all right. This has been great. This has been Kirk and uh, Patrick, and you can find us. Uh, check the show notes for all the stuff on social media and 
we will see you guys out there. Guys, I don't know when I'm recording again. I'm going on vacation next week, so I'm like trying to actually have things up for you. So if you don't get anything for a week, it's because I stopped trying, but I will uh, do my best and everybody enjoy uh, surviving August. We'll talk soon.